Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Care Centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid Visa card when you spend $250 on Napa brake parts, which is cause to celebrate. Because normally the sound of screeching brakes means your bank account's about to take a hit. But getting $75 back makes that hit not so bad. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 6 Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome, it's a Friday edition, Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. I am Dan Bach, so happy to have you with us today. And this time of year, you know, this kind of gray area between baseball and basketball, I'm just going to kind of do some podcasts when I, I get a few guests here for you. And then, of course, when the season gets rolling, We'll be back with you, breaking down all the slates. If you're looking for your football content, you know where to find it. Daily Fantasy Football Podcast uh, feed over there on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Morning Grind has still got you covered uh, most of the week, so uh, they will take care of you as well. Make sure you subscribe to that feed. But today, I'm going to bring an interview with uh, a guy from the NBA, Scott Kaufman Ross. He is somebody who has got a pretty good job. He gets to be a... Uh, Associate Vice President of Fantasy Sports for the NBA. Much, you know, way worse gigs than that one to have. And uh, he was part of this uh, decision that just kind of rolled out the other day to try and normalize the fantasy scoring. And uh, I know that FanDuel, of course, dropped their scoring. And some people had some pretty harsh opinions on it. I'm going to give mine here real quick that I'm not like anti this scoring system nearly as much as everyone else. I think that there's a a lot of feeling that it's just adding variance to the game because you've got blocks and steals, which are obviously less predictive than some of the uh, other statistics. I don't disagree with that, but I also think that there is already mucho skill in NBA. I also think that he makes a pretty good uh, explanation as to why they decide to do that in this interview. And ultimately, you just have to adapt to the scoring systems that are put in place. So uh, I'm not going to get all loud in in an anti-new scoring system. It's a scoring system. You you know you adjust and you adapt, and then if you don't, then guess what? Other people will. So uh, I don't get too bent out of shape on this front, and I think the explanation for it is uh, makes some sense to be honest with you. So all I know, block steals were three. You might want to play some Hassan Whiteside. Defense kind of matters a little bit more than it uh, than it might have previously. But uh, I'll let you kind of listen to that for yourself. And certainly want to thank Fantasy Draft, of course. If you haven't played over there, great week for that. Uh, they've got their Carolina Millions Championship. And we've seen big overlay over in that tournament. And, of course, rake-free head-to-head games and very competitive rake on that site. So I uh, want to give them a plug as we head into the weekend. So uh, let's get to it. This is our interview. Scott Kaufman-Ross of the NBA here on the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix. Really excited for our next guest today. Uh, We're going to talk with somebody from the NBA who, of course, 
A little input on some of the recent scoring changes over at FanDuel. We'll get uh, the inside scoop on exactly what that's about. And uh, he is Scott Kaufman-Ross, an NBA Associate Vice President of Fantasy Sports. I have to say, that is awesome. <laughs> like, you get to be a Vice President <laughs> of Fantasy Sports. That's about as glorious of a fantasy sports job as you could get. What's going on, Scott? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So, uh, let's... Explain to everybody what the initiative was you guys kind of just rolled out yesterday. Um, we saw it in a press release, and ESPN had a big story on it, as to trying to build a um, a scoring system for fantasy basketball, but have it across all your platforms. So uh, tell me why you decided to feel like that was an important thing to do. Sure. So I, I would start and just say that, that broadly, you know, fantasy basketball is a strategic priority for the NBA. You know, as was mentioned in the ESPN story, we've seen the data that fans who engage in uh, fantasy basketball tend to consume significantly more content. And so uh, we know this is a way that our fans really love to engage with the game. And so we want to do everything we can to enhance that fan experience for them. And so as we were setting out to say, hey, how can we make fantasy basketball more popular? How can we make it uh, a better fan experience? One of the things we noticed is that, you know, the fantasy scoring systems were, were really fragmented across all different platforms. ESPN, Yahoo, FanDuel, DraftKings, they, they were all different. And if we're really going to succeed in having fantasy basketball become a bigger part of basketball culture, we thought it'd be a step in the right direction if there was a standardization and uh, we could sort of get everybody speaking the same fantasy language. So we, we had a goal here of uh, making the fantasy experience ex consistent across all formats and platforms, as well as in our content. So we'll also integrate this into NBA.com, into our stats page, as well as in a lot of the content that we will produce over the course of the year, and there's a lot more coming from that perspective. And so we thought that creating a standard scoring system for fantasy points would help fantasy basketball become more a part of the daily basketball vernacular. How did you go about doing it? That's the question I'm getting uh, because the scoring looks very close to what we had previously on FanDuel last season outside of uh, blocks and steals, which we will touch up on a little bit later. Uh, but talk about the, um, the process that, that you guys went through to, to, to figure out what the best sort of scoring system would be for fantasy basketball. Absolutely. So I'd say first, before we get into exactly what we did in the process, I'll, I'll tell you some of the objectives that we had when creating the scoring system. And, and we really wanted to balance three things. The first is that we wanted it to be simple and easy to understand. We obviously have a vibrant community of fantasy basketball players, but we also want to appeal to the more casual fans who haven't played fantasy basketball yet. So we wanted to make sure it was simple and easy to understand. And of course, at least from a season-long perspective, fans will still have the ability to, to flex their scoring systems to change it. Um, but, but really, if we're going to broaden the base of fantasy basketball players, we have to also make sure we appeal to a casual fan base. So making sure it was simple and easy to understand was an important priority for us. The second objective was, to the extent that we could, we wanted to correlate it with player value. So we wanted to again, to the extent that we could have it correlate with what's truly valuable in basketball. And then the third is we also had to identify the realities of our fantasy partners. So, for example, you know, it was mentioned in the ESPN release that 
optimally you wouldn't have decimal point scoring, right? You'd have everything be one or two or three. But for daily fantasy, given the permutations and the amount of players, if you didn't have some sort of decimal, you'd end up with way too many ties. So that was a practical reality of working with the daily fantasy community. We wanted to make sure that we took care of. And another uh, priority that we learned from our fantasy partners was that negative scoring was uh, something that fans do not like. And so we wanted to make sure not to do too much in the way of negative scoring. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because in the, in the article, you talked about efficiency and, you know, potentially deducting points, you know, went through your mind. Like, should we be deducting points for missed shots? Because, you know, let's face it, somebody shoots nine for 30. That's not really a great basketball day, per se. Um, but you decided against it. The funny thing is, I don't know if you know this, but in the early days of Daily Fantasy basketball, there was a site called Draft Street that actually did that and a lot of people liked it but I think it is the right call like from a a mass appeal standpoint to maybe avoid the complexities that come with that but uh but that idea actually was out there in the early days of DFS now I gotta I gotta probe you here because the only I I personally don't have any problems with the changes because I feel like you can adapt to what the changes are but I've heard a lot of people um are upset from the daily fantasy community that we got such a big jump here now in the value of blocks and steals where they're now worth three points apiece. Uh, why that change? Tell people like what went into that specific decision and, and why you did it. Sure. So uh, let me speak a little bit more to the process and then I'll get into that point specifically because the first thing that we did once we had those objectives that we wanted to balance was we ran regressions um, citing different scoring systems and how they correlated with advanced metrics such as PER, VORP, wind shares to try to identify which factors best correlated and had the highest degree of correlation with the various uh, advanced metrics. So, so that was the first piece of analysis that we did. We then tested those potential changes, changes with our partners, so with Yahoo, with FanDuel, uh, and then finally, we conducted a fan survey to gauge feedback and, and understand how the fans felt. And so to your point on efficiency, you know, while obviously efficiency did show a very strong correlation with those advanced metrics, it was something that our fantasy partners as well as our fans, to your point, felt did not appeal to uh, a mass base. And now specifically to the steals and blocks, and, and I've seen some of the chatter on, on Twitter and on Roto-Grinders as well, you know, Increasing steals and blocks is one of those things that did drive a better correlation with advanced metrics. And a big reason is that these are really the only commonly used fantasy statistics that speak to defensive prowess. So certainly steals and blocks are not perfect indicators of defensive prowess, but since they are the the only commonly used metrics, increasing their ability did speak a little bit more to defense and did correlate uh, better with those advanced metrics. And the second thing that we got in terms of feedback from both our partners and our fans was that by increasing steals and blocks, it broadens the player pool. Because now some of the more defensive specialists, such as an Avery Bradley or or a Hassan Whiteside, become a little bit more attractive from a fantasy perspective and maybe broaden the the pool that you might otherwise uh, find attractive. I think that actually makes a lot of sense. We're joined by Scott Kaufman Ross. He is a uh, vice president, uh, executive vice, associate vice president of fantasy sports over with the NBA. Uh, a part of this uh, decision to kind of be uh, 
normalizing the fantasy scoring across multiple platforms. Uh, you did mention DraftKings a little bit earlier. Did I, I don't know that they have gone this route, but did you guys even approach them about potentially adopting it? I, I know they've had some, some team partnerships in the past, uh, but the league partner side has always been FanDuel. I'm kind of curious if those conversations were had or uh, are you guys certainly would, I'm guessing, would be open to them uh, you know, potentially adopting this as well. Absolutely. We did not have a direct conversation, to your point. At the league level, our relationship is with FanDuel. They've been our partner since 2014. As you mentioned, uh, some of our teams do have relationships with DraftKings, and I know they've been a good partner to a lot of our teams. And we'd open the conversation with DraftKings if they'd like to discuss with us further. But we we did prioritize working directly with our partners, uh, Yahoo and FanDuel specifically, as well as our international partners as well. Uh, let's talk about just fantasy basketball in general. I mean, this is your, this is your baby right now. And, you know, daily has grown just absolutely leaps and bounds over the years. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I think I heard, uh, Nigel just mentioned, uh, on an interview last week that, you know, it's eclipsed the NFL in total, you know, revenue just based because of the number of games they have and the popularity that it's gained. But the big problem that we still have on the daily front is the, you know, injury reporting. And I know that, you know, there's been um, changes made um, in terms of just resting people for random days and penalties and, and fines that can come with that. But the overall reporting of it is still pretty unclear. Uh, obviously, there's got to be a balance between the competitive nature of actually running a league, playing a game. There's a lot at stake for these people versus, you know, a hobby. But let's face it, millions of people are enjoying. Uh, has this conversation been had at any point in time? Or do you think this is something that you guys are aware of about potentially getting more clarity? So therefore, it can actually be an even better game than it currently is? It, absolutely. It, it is certainly something I'm aware of, and, and I've been to multiple fantasy sports trade association conferences and, and talked to many people throughout the industry, and, and I hear this feedback all the time. And, and I can just say it, it's something that we've looked into. It's something that we're always evaluating. Um, and uh, look, I think uh, uh, the broader point of player resting is something that the, the league itself is looking to address, and, and our commissioner announced a series of of changes on that last week and, and new ways that we're going to approach that. So the, the league, it's very top of mind for the league and fantasy sports, as you can tell from, from my specific role, is a priority for the league. So we are, we are absolutely looking into it. We're aware of it and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue to evaluate uh, opportunities. Well, it's good to know that you guys uh, realize that it's a thorn in our side as players and um, we'll see what the future kind of has in store. Now, you know, the daily game, again, I think is really growing. Uh, the season-long game, my biggest issue with the season-long basketball has always been the length of it. And uh, do you think we're going to see, like, more popularized forms of maybe fantasy basketball that's not, per se, daily one day, but doesn't span the entire season? Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a month. Um, I just feel like there's got to be a better way than than the current format for season-long basketball. I'm curious if, if you guys have, have thought about that and, and wonder or, or think that there could be some innovations down the, down the pike with that. Uh, we have thought about it a lot, and uh, it's something I, I completely agree with, and, and there are more things that we're working on that, that will be coming throughout the year that will address that exact point. Uh, one that we also announced in our press release today is we reminded everyone that we did label our schedule in weeks this year. So 
Uh, our schedule is labeled week one, week two, all the way through week 26. And one of the reasons we did is to create more defined periods for contests. So, you know, they're, they're obviously on, on ESPN, on Yahoo, there are uh, options for weekly leagues. And so labeling our schedule we thought would be a way to, to help structure those leagues in a more defined way. So if people did want to make roster changes once a week and focus more on a weekly structure, uh, that would be an opportunity. And, and, and to your other point on length, that is absolutely something we've looked into is can we do weekly leagues, monthly leagues, leagues that end early, leagues that start late, and having flexibility for fans to consume fantasy basketball the way that they want to. And so all those things are on the table and all those things are things that we're looking into. I also know that you were, you know, the kind of brainchild behind um, the the kind of in-play game that you know, kind of rolled out in, in a little bit of a beta version last year. Uh, talk about what you think that can become, what your goals are with that moving forward. I know there's a lot of technological things that you have to deal with. I know there was like sync, you had to sync your TV with your app and there's a lot of bells and whistles with it. But I think the overall concept of like in-game fantasy was intriguing. Uh, Tell me about that, how that kind of grew. Sure. So NBA in play is uh, a partnership we have with, with FanDuel. FanDuel has been a great partner and we have worked with them to roll out uh, all different extensions of our partnership. Uh, we, we, we launched WNBA Fantasy in, in partnership with FanDuel, which, which had a big role in as well. And, uh, and NBA in play was something that we really looked at the ecosystem of fantasy and said, wow, fantasy is great, but, but one of the things that you don't get out of fantasy is something to really do during the game while it's live to keep you engaged. And FanDuel had built a game called Turbo in the past, and uh, we thought that a great use of Turbo could be to apply that to the broadcast so fans could enjoy a game like that at home. And so um, it, we did roll it out last year. We launched in December. We had a lot of initial success with it. We, we learned a lot. Uh, we're making a lot of changes to it this year. We're going to be expanding the features. We're going to be expanding the reach. And uh, we're excited to talk uh, in the upcoming weeks about what we're doing with that product as well. Can't wait to hear about it. Uh, I'm just excited, and I know a lot of other people are, that the actual league itself is embracing fantasy sports because I think there's other leagues out there that don't do it nowhere near what you guys have, and uh, you realize the value of fantasy, and uh, and we thank you for that. Even if some people don't agree with some of the changes that make, at least we know you guys are cognizant and, and can look at you know, the value that, that we have as kind of consumers of your product. So that's exciting for us. Well, I'm happy to do it. And, and look, I, I'm a lifelong fantasy player as well. I was playing fantasy sports at the age of 12 and, uh, and have been for, for, for 20 years now. And so, you know, understood that some people may agree with certain things and not. And, and frankly, there is no perfect scoring system. You know, we had to balance a lot of different things. But I can assure everyone that we did a lot of analysis, both uh, on the data side, as well as fan panels and with partners to ensure that we, that we really struck the right balance across all those things. Well, he is Scott Kaufman-Ross, NBA Associate Vice President of Fantasy Sports. Thanks so much for your time, and anytime you got something new, give me a buzz. Happy to chat with you. Thanks again. Will do. Thanks a lot for the time. 
All right, thanks so much to Scott for his time, and thank you for the download and listen to what we do here at Roto Grinders. And uh, if you're not a premium subscriber, you got to get in on that. 250 bucks every sport we have all year long. I mean, that's over $100 in savings off of the monthly price. So uh, get on that one. It's well worth it, and uh, this deal is not going to last forever. So uh, that includes baseball, that includes basketball, that includes hockey, that includes NFL, and of course, the upcoming NBA season. Uh, best deal in all fantasy sports, and our premium just gets stronger and stronger every day, and uh, rolling out some exciting stuff for NBA season. We'll let you know about that very, very soon. Uh, but thanks again. We'll be back again uh, sometime next week with uh, some guests, maybe some look back on the weekend, and uh, of course, uh, you can find us over there on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, Sirius XM Radio, any kind of platform. There's media. You should be able to find us. That was my goal when I took this job, is to get us anywhere and everywhere. I think we've pretty much accomplished that. So uh, thanks for helping us grow to be the largest daily fantasy sports community anywhere. And we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you from the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 